at SifPop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can chat movies like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sip Pop Writers. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week I'm joined by Sip Pop Writers Austin. Hello. As well as Jacob. Hey, how's it going? We uh, all write for SipPop.com. Actually, it's been a while since I've written for this site. <laughs> but I do editing, so that's all good. Um, but you two have had some recent stuff uh, going. Why don't you talk about that? Austin, you recently had, I think you're going to talk about it later, um, but you recently did the Barbarian review, but I think you had something else really recent, right? I did. Uh, they, them... Uh, another person's treasure for uh, the page master, and then uh, then barbarian. Got it. Well, I think I will save barbarian since I believe you're supposed to talk about that later. <laughs> uh, but yeah, page master. Uh, oh, no, all that. Uh, BECs every week. Jacob, you had something else recently, right? Uh, my last review was bodies, bodies, bodies. Nice. Um, yeah, and then I've got uh, bros coming up at the end of the month. Oh, nice. They yeah, little, so I'm excited teams. for that. Yeah, I think Bros is the Patreon exclusive for this podcast, because that's what the patrons said. And uh, Nice. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Uh, it just it looks like it's going to be either great or terrible. One of the two. Um, we'll see. I'm hoping great, because I like I like Billy Eichner. So. But uh, yeah, lots of stuff going on. Sifpop.com, movie reviews, best ever childs. There's lots of other interesting movie-related articles. Sifpop.com to check all that out. <clears throat> On the podcast this week, we'll be talking about a few coming attractions. Uh, two movies coming out this week, Don't Worry Darling and Catherine Called Birdie. And uh, then we'll move on to our SIF topic, talk about some TV, catching up on some stuff going around. Uh, and then uh, we'll wrap up with spinoff. Oh, sorry. Uh, B-plot uh, is a question that Foster sent in. Best ever TV theme songs. And then uh, after we're done talking about that, we'll wrap up spinoff but first let's get a chance to our writers this week austin uh jacob you guys have both been on the show before so i thought let's play the list of shame game i thought this would be really fun um so list of shame game everybody has come with three movies two of them you have seen and one of them you haven't and then the other ones of us will have to guess which ones that you have not seen who wants to start i'll go okay do you have a theme or just three random movies i do have a theme very nice theme for my list is Hitchcock. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'll uh, I'll name three of his classics, and uh, yeah, we can uh, guess which one I haven't seen. Uh, so there's North by Northwest, Psycho, Rear Window. Wow. Okay then. Mm. I have my answer. Okay. Uh, I'll tell I'll tell you. I'll explain. Um, I think it's North by Northwest for two reasons. I think Psycho. And Rear Window are too iconic. And North by Northwest is also iconic. But I think those are too iconic to miss out on. As well as North by Northwest is significantly longer than the other two films. So that's my guess. What do you think, Austin? I'm leaning toward more North by Northwest. Psycho and Rear Window are the two main ones. I always know Hitchcock besides the bird. So sure. I think. Well, are we right? No. <laughs> I'm going to shock you guys. It's Psycho. That's fine. Like, Psycho's a good movie. No, I, I want to watch it. Obviously, it's iconic, and you know, you know the shower scene, and right, uh, it's it's in the culture pretty heavily. Um, I think it's on streaming somewhere. I want to say Peacock or something. 
I think Peacock um, sounds right. Yeah, yeah, because they have a lot of the Universal stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I've only seen the other two fairly recently because I had not seen a lot of Hitchcock and wanted to put that in my resume. Um, but uh, yeah, that's fine. Very nice. Okay, um, I can go ahead and go next. Here's my criteria. My criteria is 2010s movie, movies from this decade. Specifically, I think these are both within the last year or two. So, um, yeah. So the three movies that I have picked are Come On, Come On, which is in the BEC this week, by the way. Um, Aha, a little tease for you. Come On, Come On, Pig, and Bad Boys for Life. I've seen hmm. two of these movies. Okay. Uh, I'm going to guess Bad Boys for Life. That might be easy. Maybe that's a red herring, but um, I don't know. feels like you would watch the other two. That's just me. Yeah, I think I'm leaning toward Bad Boys for Life as well. I think the other two you probably have seen. Okay. Good guess. Um, it's, it's not correct, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, Pig is the one that has been very high on my watch list that I just haven't gotten around to yet. Okay. So, okay. Same. So I've I, seen, yeah. I saw Come On, Come On. It was the very last film I watched for award seasons last year uh, before my year end was submitted. And I saw Bad Boys for Life and I didn't really like it, but <laughs> that's a story. That's not a story for another time. That's a podcast for another time. Uh, all right. So um, Austin, then, what is your list of shame game? Uh, my criteria is somewhat classics. Uh, okay. I have 2001 A Space Odyssey, The Departed, and Fargo. Wow. What was the last one? Fargo. Okay. Okay. Hmm. All right. I'm going to go ahead and do it. Uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. It's a very long, slow, boring movie. Um, I don't personally like it. I feel like if people have it. People either love or hate this movie. I'm in the hate camp. Uh, I yeah, I think that's enough to deter you. Um, so that's my guess. Uh, I'll, I'll be different and go with uh, Departed. You know, just not everybody's seen that. So I'll be different. Sure. Aaron, you're correct. Woo! Uh, I own it and still have yet to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I own it too, but it was because the UHD version came out, and I was like, if there's going to be one way to watch this, it's going to be in UHD. So, And I still didn't like it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. Uh, that'll do it. Uh, so that's our list of shame game. Couple things that we to help get to know uh, our film tastes and things like that. Some things that we might do to try to psych people out. So uh, that just leaves us with a random question before we get moving on to talking about some films, guys. I want to know what has been on your to do list for the longest time. Oh man, are we gonna put uh, showcase my procrastination here? Let's see. Uh... I just pull like a giant list out of my pocket. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of a hard one, man. Um, I would say maybe probably organizing my DVDs. Okay. Because I just got a bunch from Foster. Like he sent me a box of like 30 DVDs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which I was very, very grateful for. Um, but there's a, there's a couple stacks sitting around because I already had, a modest collection. I don't, I don't know how many, probably like hundred ish. Uh, but okay. I need a bigger shelf. So there's, there's one by the shelf, build the shelf, <laughs> alphabetize said DVDs, you know, sure. put them all together. But, uh, yeah, I'd say that's my biggest one. Okay. Um, my biggest one is, uh, my brother in law 
got married a uh, two years ago, last year, two years ago, no, last year on Labor Day weekend. And um, they, we decided what we wanted to do. That must've been two years. It was two years ago. Then we decided what we wanted to do for their first anniversary, which was last year was get them a cookbook that um, like was a bunch of recipes of stuff that we like to make in our house. And um, we have still not yet finished it. So, (laughs) (laughs) oh, yeah, it's a nice thought. Well, we will finish it and we will get it to them. And we'll be like, this is why it took so long. But it's very time consuming. So hopefully they're not listening. But if they are fine. So, yep, that's it. (laughs) Uh, Austin, what you got? I was trying to figure that out. And then it's staring me right in the face. I got one of those posters, the 100 Greatest Movies posters you scratch off every one you've seen. Yeah, I have nice. like 75 movies on that I still need to watch. It's uh, been nice yeah. because I've been able to incorporate a lot of the GOATS episodes with them. So that's been, like, Great Escape was on it, so I got to scratch it off. That was nice. So, yeah. Nice. Um, well, I think that'll do it then. Uh, you guys ready to talk about some movies? Absolutely. All right, Austin, I'm going to give you first pick. Do you want to start talking about Don't Worry, Darling, or Catherine Called Birdie? Let's go with Don't Worry, Darling, because I didn't know what Catherine called Birdie was until <laughs> I saw those notes. Fair. Uh, okay, so Don't Worry, Darling. Uh, of course, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that is captivating TMZ culture and all that. Uh, we're here to talk about the movie. So, uh, a 1950s housewife living with her husband in a utopian experimental community begins to worry that, the gla- that, that his gram- glamorous company could be hiding disturbing secrets. Um... That's the synopsis of the movie, directed by Olivia, Olivia Wilde, starring Florence Pugh, Olivia Wilde, Harry Styles, Chris Pine, Gemma Chan, uh, Sidney Chandler, Nick Kroll, uh, Dita Von Teese, uh, Kiki Lane, lots of people in this movie. So, uh, what do you think about this movie? Uh, Austin, since you picked it, I'm going to start with Jacob. Jacob, what do you think about this movie? Uh, no budget, schedule, none of that's going to matter. Uh, the only thing that's going to be matter is your free will. Would you go to theaters to see this movie? Would you wait to rent it at home? Wait till it's on a streaming service you already paid for? Or are you not interested in this movie? You know, I think I am going to try to see this one in theaters. I uh, was, yeah, I was intrigued by the trailer when I saw it. Uh, You know, I was a big fan of uh, Olivia Wilde's first movie, uh, Booksmart. That's a great book. And uh, uh, yeah, you know, um, it's given me like dystopia vibes, which is really cool. And kind of like, almost like a slanted uh, Stepford Wives sort of thing, which is interesting. You know, I'm not going to let the uh, any of the bad bad press get to me. We're, I'm uh, excited to see... Um, see, here's the thing, is before all this Harry Styles, Chris Pine stuff happened, uh, there were initial reviews that came out that were negative from, I want to say the Venice Film Festival, or maybe uh, another uh, festival premiered at... Um, so yeah, I don't know. Considering that I, I am, I'm interested to see it in theaters. Okay. And Austin, what about you? Yeah, I'm probably gonna see it in theaters as well. I loved, uh, book smart. I thought it was really good. I remember seeing it in theaters. Um, but I was sold as soon as I knew Florence Pugh was in this movie. Uh, that's good. Pretty, that's good point. Yeah. I've pretty much seen anything she's released the last two years. So sure. Uh, I'm just going to buck the trend. I'm going to just say I'm streaming for this movie. Um, I don't care about all of the like back the history going on behind the scenes stuff. I don't I don't really care that much. 
Um, but I just I feel like this is one of those movies that's going to be either either really good or it's just going to suck. Um, I, I I like 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 you guys. I liked Booksmart. I don't think I like Booksmart as best, as much as everybody else. Um, but either way, this is a very different movie. At least it's advertised to be a very different movie than Booksmart. So I I just can't get excited for this movie. Um, it, I just feel like it's going to be a train wreck. Uh, and I'm trying to let none of the behind the scenes stuff uh, play into that because certainly behind the scenes it's a train wreck. Um, whoever side you take, <laughs> uh, it's I don't know. It's, it's one of those like man, almost like Truman Show kind of vibes. But like if Truman Show wanted to take itself serious more seriously and was bad, like because <laughs> Truman Show is one of the best movies of all time. Like you know, am I tr- am I tracking like? It's certain yeah. this movie's certainly a risk, right? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot of movies like this that are made these days, um, especially as like a theatrical release. So, sure. I don't know. I'm I'm hoping the performances at least carry it pretty far. You know, like Austin said, Florence Pugh is amazing. You know, she's like become one of our best actors on the scene in the le- only in the last you know five years or so. Um, so uh, I'm like cautiously optimistic i'll say that okay enough, enough to see in theaters i mean it looks fantastic just for the trailers like cinematography wise yeah and this movie is very competently made but very well made movies don't necessarily make very good movies like <laughs> you know oh yeah yeah there's a lot of factors that go into that yeah i, I just i feel like this is one of those premises where it's either going to completely work or it's going to fall apart and i just i don't have enough confidence in really any of these kind of movies that i believe it's going to it's it's gonna keep it together. So, yeah. Um, do you have any other thoughts? Um, the only thing I would say is I'm interested to see how the uh, Styles and Pine controversy will affect the box office. I, yeah, I mean it's it's got to be nothing but up, right? Yeah, like I think it's given it a lot of buzz, and you know you've got Harry Styles is huge right now, obviously. Yeah, and you've uh, probably got a lot of his fans. Um, going just for him. Sure. And, you know, this whole controversy even feels it even more. So there's going to be a lot of teenage um, girls going because Florence Pugh and Harry Styles for sure. Yeah. There's, there's yeah, going to no, be a no. lot of 27 year old men going for it. <laughs> <laughs> I was pointing at myself for those of you that uh-huh, can't see uh-huh. the video, <laughs> except I won't be going, but there's, there's a lot of people like me that would be. <laughs> okay. Well, Austin, uh, since you picked, don't worry, darling. Uh, Jacob, would you like to talk about Catherine called Birdie or Catherine called Birdie? Hmm. Well, that's a tough one. How about Catherine called Birdie? <laughs> All right. Catherine called Birdie. This is coming to select theaters September 23rd, and it'll hit Prime Video on October 7th. A 14-year-old girl in medieval England navigates through life and avoiding potential suitors her father has in mind. Written and directed by Lena Dunham, uh, also written by Karen Cushman. Uh, looks like it's starring uh, Billy Piper, Andrew Scott. I like Andrew Scott. Uh, Dean Charles Chapman, who was uh, one of the one of the little Lannister kids in Game of Thrones. David Bradley. Um, yeah, I, 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 a lot of faces, I think, but not necessarily names I know about. Anyway, Catherine called Birdie coming out uh, again this this week in select theaters. Uh, since you went first last time, uh, Jacob Austin, let's go with you. Uh, Austin, uh, same scale. Um, theaters rent stream or not interested in this movie? I mean, I'll stream it at some point because I do like Bella Ramsey from 
Game of Thrones and I like Billy Piper. I just, I don't know when. I, I don't think I'll be watching it the October 7th when it hits streaming, but I will stream it on Amazon Prime at some point. Okay. And uh, what do you think, Jacob? Well, like Austin, I had never heard of this movie before we discussed it on the show. But, uh, you know, I'll probably stream it. Uh, you know, I'm interested in uh, Lena Dunham's work. I've been a fan of some of her stuff. Nice to uh, feel like I haven't seen anything come out of her from a while. So, yeah, probably stream it eventually, like like Austin said. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I I don't think I'm interested in this movie. Um, I don't know, it just doesn't really seem like my kind of thing. Um, I sure am interested in whatever Lena Dunham like is going to do next, but this isn't this isn't really it. Um, I don't. Know, I I think I think it's a very she's a very compelling filmmaker um, from what I've seen, and specific more specifically from what I've heard people talk about. Because um, I've only seen like clips here and there, you know, clips of girls. Um, like I, I don't think I've seen I've seen her. I think act more than I have. <laughs> Because yeah. uh, she was one of the girls in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, and she was in Don't Think Twice as herself, uh, which is a movie that I really love. Um, oh, she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I totally she's forgot. In, uh, this is forty, so yeah. I just I think she's a very influential person that I would like to dive into more of what she's made, like specifically more of what she's made as opposed to just what she's been in. Uh, but. Yeah, it's it. She's she's one of those filmmakers I'm just pretty inexperienced with. So it's one of those like reputation, but not necessarily experience with. So that's that's kind of where my interest stops. Like Lena Dun- Dunham is the only thing really pulling me towards. Like, yeah, I'm mildly interested, but I don't think it's enough. You know, I'd rather check out one of her things that I know is more acclaimed. Yeah, her first movie is really interesting. I think it's her first movie, Tiny Furniture. Uh, I can look. Uh, Tiny Furniture. Um, yeah. Creative nonfiction was a year before, but mm. uh, I think yeah, that was uh, maybe her big break or whatever. But um, pro- probably, I, and I feel yeah. like Girls is where she really found her footing. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, Girls is what I know her from. I watched that the first season, but I haven't seen it any more than that. Girls is the one with Adam Driver, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, yeah, then I've seen clips because <laughs> I love Adam Driver. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's it for me. Again, two two movies that I really don't have anything to say about this week. Yeah, is that really it for the major releases? Yeah, I mean it's a slow week. I mean last week was was pretty big. Uh, see how they run, and uh, a couple others came out. Um, I think Blonde is one of those like is going to start getting more steady traction. Um, I don't know when exactly Blonde hits Netflix, but oh yeah, I want to say sometime in October, but uh, yeah, it it was still just listed as coming out last week, like as of last recording. So I don't know. It must've been a very limited release. Um, Yeah. We'll see. But yeah, I I think it's one of those, there's been stuff out, you know, Top Gun is still killing it at the box office. There's not really a reason. Like this is, it's before spooky season, all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's sort of right before the major, major Oscar uh, contenders start to come out. Yeah, and it looks like Blonde is hitting Netflix on September twenty eighth, so that'll yeah, that'll oh. add a little, but uh, but not not a ton, you know. Just a little bit. That's a little bit of like wait reasons to stay away from that. Again, not a ton. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's bad week for movies, in my opinion. But that's just what it is, my opinion. And my opinion only matters if you care about it. So 
Uh, but people might care about your opinions. So uh, people have gotten a chance to hear a couple of your takes before uh, leading up to this podcast. So uh, if somebody's interested in what you've had to say and they're interested in hearing more, where do you want to send them? Uh, Jacob, let's start with you. Um, the only major platform I use for stuff like that is Twitter. Um, you can find me at uh, Jacob underscore underscore Kinman, K-I-N-M-A-N on Twitter. Um, and yeah, that uh, that will link to sifpop.com. Uh, I usually pin my latest article Woo! on there. Uh, you know, I try to retweet uh, a lot of the stuff from, from different writers so you can uh, see what we're doing on the site. So yeah, Twitter. Woo! Twitter. Uh, and Austin, what about you? Uh, Twitter and Instagram is where I share everything for what I write and Sif Pop stuff. Green Arrow 07 on both. There we go. Uh, well, quick reminder, you can check out Patreon uh, to support the show here. Uh, $5, $10, or $20 a month. Patreon.com slash to check all that out. Uh, thank you for considering that. And uh, yeah, take a look. Have some fun. Meanwhile, let's get to our SIF topic. Uh, it's been a while uh, since we've... It feels like it's been forever since we've caught up on TV. Uh, but it's only been a month. Would you believe that? So, uh, where do you guys want to start? We got... I don't really have any structure. I guess, actually, I do try to start with this. I just always forget. I want to hear your guys' favorite show of all time. Uh, so, Austin, why don't you hit me up with it? What is it? Well, since the last time I was on, we also talked about TV. I wanted to change up my answer. Scrubs was my last time when, uh, from a kid, from when I was a kid, so weird was my favorite or Futurama. Okay. So the, Disney uh, or pick. Comedy Central. Yeah. Yeah. So. Good picks. Good picks. Scrubs, the best pick of the three. Uh, <laughs> yes. Nice. <laughs> Jacob, what about you? What's your favorite show of all time? Um, so last time I think I talked about maybe Breaking Bad or the Simpsons. Um, mm-hmm. I've got a bunch of favorites, honestly, like, and sort of different categories so we'll go with um one of my favorite prestige dramas and one of my favorite comedies uh the wire oh yeah is absolutely one of the best tv shows ever made i've uh, been kind of thinking about uh doing a rewatch of that um and then i'll do sh- one also yeah yeah it's great great and i'll shout out one that's maybe lesser well known um and also also an hbo show the larry sanders show okay um yeah, this is, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. This is, uh, it's like a show from the 90s, sort of uh, a take on late night television. Uh, Gary Shandling is, is the lead. He plays like a, a version of himself, basically. Gary Shandling, Larry Sanders. Um, you've got some early uh, Jeffrey Tambor in the show is his sort of uh, sidekick, Ed, Ed McMahon type. Um, and then uh, Rip Torn, the legendary Rip Torn plays his uh, producer who sort of takes Larry under his wing and shepherds him through this uh, late night talk show. And Larry is the most neurotic vein sort of, you know, TV show type host you could ever imagine. And is just sort of trying to navigate that world through all of his issues. And uh, it's a really funny show. If you haven't seen it. I have never seen it. Uh, I don't know that I will get around to it only because I have a million things of IQ, but we will get there. Um, but I will at least recognize it when it comes across and maybe maybe add it to my IQ. Uh, when you see it on HBO Max, think of me. Okay, well, that's assuming they don't take it down from HBO Max in six days or whatever. <laughs> <you know. laughs> Gosh, right? 
I think I think we should kick off some things that we're watching at the moment. I feel like we should talk about House of Dragon just right off the bat. Yeah? Alright. So, as we're recording this, there's been, what, four episodes that have come out? Like, like as we're recording this, like, another episode has just very recently come out, right? Uh, like, I think it probably yeah, just dropped on HBO Max. Okay. Because it's usually so, around the time on Sunday when I was going to watch it. Okay. So, so fair to say that neither of us have seen this week's episode. Great. All right. So, um, yeah, don't no worries about major spoilers there. We'll still try to not spoil anything for, uh, for what's going on in this season. But uh, what are you guys thinking about this show so far? I'll just go ahead and say I haven't watched it yet. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I just figured. I figured everybody was watching it. <laughs> uh, that's a big hole in my resume, man. I actually have never seen Game of Thrones. So. Fair. I do feel like I think I mentioned this when the pilot came out. I do feel like it's not necessary to watch Game of Thrones, but I certainly would recommend watching Game of Thrones before this. Kind of like. Actually, I've been told for Better Call Saul, I definitely need to watch Breaking Bad first. Breaking Bad again first. Um, but I, I, would, I would say it, it's going to explain, it's going to like help fill in the gaps a lot and not have to pull up a ton of history. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the way I feel about House of the Dragon. I feel like you should watch Game of Thrones first. Um, but yeah. Uh, Austin, what do you think about the show so far? Well, I love, I fell in love with House of Dragon, uh, uh, Game of Thrones uh, two months before the final season came out. I had rewatched the first season like two or three times and just couldn't get into it. And then finally I saw a clip of Danny uh, getting the Unsullied and I was like, okay, I need to watch the show. As I was there for it, because I just wanted more Game of Thrones. And then when Matt Smith got cast, also being a big Doctor Who fan, I was like, I'm there. I got to watch it. <laughs> He's been one of my favorite characters so far. Damon Targaryen. It's really interesting to watch him this season, right? Like he's... Like I want to love him, but I also want to hate him, which is a really interesting like thing. Because like I want to love him because I really like Matt Smith, but he's a pretty so far irredeemable character. Um, so yeah, uh, I like I like Renera a lot. I like where they're taking her story. I like how um, I think I mentioned this in the pilot, but um, House of the Dragon is at least so far a a, a empowering women series. Which uh, which I'm a fan of because it doesn't feel like forced on your throat or anything like that, um, but it is definitely like a um, like dealing with with women's rights issues, uh, and I think in a very healthy way. Uh, because again, it's not being like forced on your throats or anything like that, and they're not. It's not necessarily like advocating for ridiculous things or or obviously like um, obscene things or anything like that nature. Like it's just kind of dealing with the fact that this older society would not accept a woman does not accept a woman as a ruler and how they will do literally anything to try to make sure that she doesn't become, you know, the, the highest official in the land. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like that twist on here too. Um, it's, it's very well paced. It's very well thought out. Um, it's really suspenseful. Uh, they're kind of doing like a previewing a time jump thing happening and, I kind of wish they didn't because it hasn't happened and I don't think it will happen for another couple episodes, but um, yeah, that's my only thing is they kind of spoil that with like the trailers for the future episode. Damn me watching trailers. My own damn fault. Anyway, I'm trying to get out of watching trailers. Yeah. I just, my wife likes to watch them and like for TV, like I don't super care, especially for like a lot of shows. Like I think Barry does the best with like TV previews because they'll just show you like three seconds of out of context. So uh, it's it's a lot of fun, but yeah, uh, 
like if you watch the Barry trailers, like there was there was one of the episodes. It was like the second to the last episode or third to the last episode or whatever. The trailer was literally just Noho Hank standing at the coffee shop and there was no no audio for like 20 seconds. Uh, it was amazing. So, uh, yeah, that's my like, I guess that's my short take on House of the Dragon. I could certainly talk about it more, but Austin, what do you think so far? I mean, I, you already kind of gave some vague thoughts, but like w- about some of the things I said or about like where the show you think is going or anything. Well, last week's episode brought up a lot of stir on the internet and I enjoyed it. I thought last week's episode was probably one of the best in both series, if not the best, because you see the differences between Alice and Rhaenyra's life with how they can take control of their own life. It's directed by a woman. It's like, her, uh, Renera and the King talking about everything after what her and Damon did in that episode is just, that's just like powerful of her, something for her to say. Like, and it speaks truth, not just for this being medieval times, but like how we view society today is still, and I, it's, it's saying things that I'm, I'm like, I'm there for. Like, I'm just, I love dialogue heavy shows. That's one of the reasons I loved the first, the Game of Thrones originally. And I don't need action every single episode. So much yeah. is said and just between monologuing between two characters that that sometimes that's all you need, in my opinion. Well, and there's so. there's so much tension in the show already without any action sequences in this last uh, this last episode. Um, this last episode was my favorite of the season. Uh, of course, I, the one that we're refer- the one that we're referring to would be like if you're listening to this live last week's episode. So yeah, episode uh, four. So there, to, to, to avoid spoilers, yeah, you said Renera and Damon go somewhere uh, and do a thing that is put kind of under a microscope and is put under scrutiny. And there is some really good commentary about in there. And uh, and again, you said not even for medieval times, but for a modern audience. Like, there is a very staunch critique of the whole, like, boys can get away with things because boys will be boys and girls can do the exact same thing and get ridiculed. Uh, or even do things to a lesser extent and get just destroy and ridiculed. It's a, uh, it's doing, it's doing a, it's doing a lot of modern co- modern commentary in a you know uh, past context, and I I appreciate what the show is going for. Um, so yeah, uh, it it feels like this is, <sighs> it feels like Renera is what what everybody wanted Daenerys to be after the first couple seasons of Game of Thrones, because Daenerys ultimately becomes a mad queen, and she eventually becomes a very unlikable character by the end of the series. Uh, but I, it feels like Renera is that, like, p- people that everybody looked up to when when Daenerys was, like, just Khaleesi, you know, when she was the mother of dragons and, uh, and kind of growing her empire, but not being, like, still somebody you were rooting for, and you're like, I'd be fine if she was, if she was on the throne at the end of this. Like, you know, do, like, you follow with that? Yeah. Um, I think this week's the last episode we get with uh, Millie and Emily, who so play the, the younger so version. Young. Okay. Yeah. And I, I like Olivia Cook from Ready Player One, so I'm excited to see how she takes Allison's character. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I think Rhaenyra is coming into her own a whole lot, and can't really, I can't wait to see like where the story ends, and I hope we get, I think they've already said we're getting a season two. Yes, uh, it's been renewed for season two. Uh, I'm really excited for it. I think I think it has a lot of potential to make up for how a lot of people felt disappointed for the last couple seasons of Game of Thrones. Sure. And it seems more toward 
answering book questions than answering show questions a lot from people breaking it down and everything who have read the books more. I've just Wikipedia them uh, some okay. details about some of the books. Sure. Yeah. I think just my last note will just be that I, uh, I'm already completely invested in the show and this world and this characters, whereas game of Thrones, it took me a while to get into because there's so much talking and build up and set up for game of Thrones. And that's why I would recommend watching game of Thrones first is because house of the dragon relies on you knowing this world already. It's not necessary, but it kind of like really helps your experience if you know this world already. So that would be my, uh, my my final thing is I'm I'm already completely invested in the ways that I wasn't until Game of Thrones season four or five, you know. So yeah, let's let's move on to something else then. Um, I, I've also been watching Letterkenny. I have you guys seen that show at all? Yes, yeah, I've, I've seen it a little bit. Oh, nice. All right, cool. I was just I was expecting that to be. Uh, no, I haven't got around to it yet. But okay, cool. I'm on like the second to the last season. I'm almost completely caught up, and I I, I just. I know I talked about it a lot last week. I just want to affirm that this is like the most bingeable show I've ever watched. That's it. Wow. This right? is another like, show. It's so easy to pick up and watch six episodes at once or two episodes or three episodes every single night. Like, right? Yeah. I mean, this is a show that another one of those that because of social media, I know it exists. There's either I saw videos on my TikTok or on Facebook just scrolling through. And, and I was like, this is funny. I need to go find this and watch it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, this is actually a, a show that's very popular at my workplace, There's, and that's how I heard about it. Is we will quote it all the time. Yeah, uh, you know, how are you now, and all that stuff. Um, it's I love how Canadian it is. That's for sure. Um, and I find it funny. I do, but I don't know. It, and I agree that it is bingeable because it is sort of so light and like yeah. There's you know. You're just watching these guys hang out. Like, there's not a lot of consequence to it. You know, they have their, this, you know, and I've, to be fair, I've only seen like the first couple seasons, I think. Um, so I'll say, I'll say that I like it, but yeah, I don't know if I like it as much as you all. Okay. That's fine. To each their own, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. What are some things that you guys have been watching? Um, I'll go ahead and start. I want to talk about A League of Their Own. Okay. This is yeah. the uh, new Amazon Prime show. Uh, adapted from the movie, the classic movie, uh, created by Abby Jacobson, um, who you might know from Broad City, uh, lots of other things. She's great. Um, so this is uh, not exactly a one-for-one adaptation of the movie, um, but it's the same circumstances, to, uh, you know, a true story of where um, <clears throat> the All-American Girls League was created in 1943 um, to provide entertainment um, during the war since, you know, most men who would be playing baseball at the time were um, overseas fighting, obviously. Um, So uh, it, uh, Abby Jacobson is our main character. You know, she is uh, married, but sort of in a weird time in her life and her relationship and wants to try this new thing and joining the team. Um, The uh, one major difference in the show is, uh, from the show to the movie is that you really have two main characters in the show that shows a black perspective during this time, which mm. I think is incredible because it's something, you know, in 1992, something that the movie just wasn't interested in showing, um, which doesn't take anything away from that from the movie, but um, you've got another uh, main character, um, Max, 
a black woman played by uh, Shantae Adams, I believe her name is. Um, she was just in uh, a journal for Jordan a couple years ago. If anyone yeah. saw her. Uh, I did not, but I heard of it. Yeah. Um, so she actually, in the first episode, tries out for the team. And she's this amazing ace pitcher, Max, um, better than anyone else that's trying out, but isn't giving a, given a shot at all because she's black. Um, so her story kind of evolves into wanting to try to find an opportunity to play baseball. Um, she runs a salon with her mother. So she's sort of uh, rubbing against that because her mother has these ex- expectations for her. Um, and then, you know, on uh, Carson's uh, side, Abby Jacobson's character, it's uh, sort of the first couple episodes, her adjusting to the team, um, making friends. Uh, but then she eventually gets involved with one of the other women on the team, which uh, there's actually happens to be a lot of uh, lesbian rela- relationships in the show. Which okay. is um, uh, honestly probably a reality of the All American Girls League that isn't even mentioned at all in in the movie. Um, okay. So I found that to be interesting and sort of uh, good to represent um, those kinds of things. And uh, yeah, it's just really well written. It's fun. It's pretty much an all female cast. You when you get start to get to know the team, there's pretty much a supporting cast of. 10 characters or so, including um, Carson and uh, Greta, the girl she gets with, uh, who's played by Darcy Carden. Um, okay. She's great. I love her. Uh, so you get to know uh, know the team a little bit and see them struggle and um, go through their trials and tribulations. Uh, their coach is actually played by Nick Offerman, which is fun. Oh, I like Nick Offerman. Yeah, he's he's awesome. He, he shows, up, shows up for a few episodes. And uh, yeah, I uh, had actually just recently seen the movie about six months ago for the first time, and um, I've, I've always been a huge fan of Abby, Abby, Abby Jacobson. And uh, yeah, gave this one a shot and really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think I only saw the movie for the first time about like a year ago. But nice. This is one of those that like I'm really interested to check out the show. I just don't know that I care enough to check out a whole you know like ten episode season or whatever it is. So sure, that's another uh, good thing. It's it's only eight episodes. They're okay. about an hour long. It's um, it's pretty bingeable, actually. The story moves very quickly. You know, there's a lot that happens, and um, it's like I said, it's not really just about baseball. It's about the yeah. struggles of uh, of minorities a lot during that time. Um, whether you be a black woman or or someone who uh identifies as homosexual, you know, because sure. obviously they had to hide the fact that they're in a relationship, and um, you go on to discover that there's more people like them out there in the, in this world. And uh, I thought that was a really interesting take on it. So um, yeah, I enjoyed that. Nice. Well, you've officially piqued my interest a little bit more than when, than when we started. Have you seen this Austin? I have not yet. Uh, I, it'll be added to my list. Eventually I'm, I'm wanting to see it. I need to watch the movie too. I think I've seen bits and pieces of it, catching it on TV growing up, but I haven't fully watched it yet yeah i think everybody's seen bits and pieces of it on tv but yeah just like rocky um very nice um anybody watching rings of power no it's not like you rings fan so okay oh for three i guess um look at least my, my reasoning is i wanted to watch the original trilogy first but they take forever to get through so i got to two towers now i just got to get to return of the king and then 
I'll get to Rings of Power. I promise it's coming soon. I'm very confident that we will have I will have something to say about it next month. But um, okay, I guess we'll just have to wait then. That's okay. I was just curious, see if anybody had uh, had been talking about it. Uh, you guys been watching She Hulk? A little bit. I'm like two episodes behind on it. I'm not as fully invested as in that show as I am House of the Dragon. Okay, that's fine. I haven't seen any of the season yet because I, yeah. again, suck at, at, at this part of it right now. TV's just taking such a backseat to me at this point. So, um, Yeah, I'm I, I've, behind I've on heard, the Marvel. Sorry, I've heard She-Hulk is, like, one of the better shows that have come out. Like, it's definitely, one, definitely like, one of the most fun. Like, I hear people liking it. I mean, not loving it, but liking it a good amount. Like, right? Yeah, yeah. I think um, that and Miss Marvel have gotten a lot of uh, positive attention. For yeah. sure, that's that's the last Marvel show I watched. Miss um, Marvel, I enjoyed that. Um, I'd never finished it, so I'm not going to say too much about it. But um, yeah, I'm behind on the Mar- Marvel shows for the most part myself. Me too. Eh, I don't think it really matters right now, though. One day it will. Not right now. <laughs> I guess um, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, okay, uh, I, I've been I've been going through what we do in the shadows season three. Me and my wife have been actually watching more episodes and um, it's very easy once we started watching again just to keep watching because the show is so good uh, I think we're at the end of season three but we haven't got to the finale yet I want to say the last episode we watched although it may have been one more was the episode where Laszlo finds his car in the in the cave uh, and then they, they try to take it out for a joyride but they have to disassemble the car and move it outside and then reassemble it and of course oh, yeah. nobody knows what they're doing Um <laughs> And then Kristen Shaw one. points out a door on the side because you know there was always going to be like a garage door opener right there. So great. Uh, this show is great. Uh, as we were talking about before, I think this show is better than the movie, uh, and I think that's been the case since season one. Um, which I adore the movie, but I think the show is just the introduction of the energy vampires, uh, Guillermo being kind of the main character. I think that the cast plays off each other perfectly. This show is just terrific, and I I love it every second of it. I totally agree with that. Like just the fact that you can pretty much get four, um, five really uh, more or less B list actors. And I mean, I mean the woman who plays Nadja, I don't think I'd ever even heard of her before this show. Um, I don't think I had either. And just bring these fantastic dynamite comedic performances, like from, from jump. Like I actually, when I finished season four, went back and watched a few episodes of the first season just to kind of compare the two. And it's it's just as good in the first yeah. season, you know. They're just the the writing is incredible. Also, I'll I'll say that just like so 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 funny, and at times can be heartbreaking. You know, yes. the um, uh, Guillermo as as Nandor's um, familiar is just constantly trying to become a vampire and puts up with so much crap to maybe possibly one day become that, and is just. Yeah, to see that human perspective and sort of the the heart of the show through um, Guillermo's eyes, which he gives a great performance too, um, yeah, really really grounds the show. But I think it's yeah one of the best comedies to come out in a long time. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Austin, you've seen this, right? No, it's on my list though. Uh, I enjoyed Matt Berry from IT Crowd, so yeah, I'm wanting to see it because of him, but I just it, I haven't yet. Uh, I might watch it. Finish the show I'm on now, but I still got like three seasons well, of that show. Well, what show were you watching down then? Uh, Supernatural. 
I stopped when season 10 started and never got back into it. And then after with Winchester's coming out soon, I was like, I got to finish the show. Uh, I'm just now starting season 13. So and the I'm final getting there. Season? Huh? Is that the final season? Uh, 15 is the final one. Okay. 13, 14, I, 15. I watched, I watched most of the show, but eventually just like gave up. The last season I watched was maybe 13. Whichever one was where they like reveal that God has a sister and they have to kill her, right? Was that 13? That was 11. That was 11? Okay. I saw 11. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm binging it, so. That's fine. I don't, I just don't know that I particularly care to finish the show at this point. It was one of those, like, I firmly believe that Eric Kripke, when he started the show, wanted season five to be the, the series finale, but then when season five started, um, uh, or when season four was in was airing, that's when it got added to Netflix and it became an instant sensation. And they were they were like, "You can't end the show." And he's like, "Well, I'm done." So he made his ending, and then the show kept going. And I am in firm belief that the show should have should have ended with season five, even though I I still liked what I saw. I just it was hard for me to stay invested in that show because they're really long season. And yes, there is CW acting in there and CW yeah. screenwriting in there and. But like it's one of CW's better shows, so it's got that going for it. I uh, I just I couldn't keep getting excited for the show, and I I just think it's one of those I don't think I'll ever finish it, which is upsetting. Uh, maybe <laughs> silly, I don't know, but you know I I had my time with it, and I'm I'm good. I don't need any more. Yeah, I'm trying to finish it uh, just because I want to see where they take Win- the Winchesters to, because it sounds like they're just going off the rails with a prequel. Um, but I did notice we watching it. There's a lot of Letterkenny actors that show up throughout Supernatural because they film oh, it yeah? up. Um, to like, I don't remember Wayne being there, but he's in it at some point in season two. And then the Stewart and the I can't think of the other guy's name. They're uh, they're in it. Derry's in it for a hot second on the episode. So okay. that's fun. I noticed that. I was like, I know them from somewhere. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Uh. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see how the show, like, ended, but, like, I'm interested meaning, like, I'll read a Wikipedia article, not I'm going to do anything, you know? Um, so. I know a little bit uh, and about where it ended, and I agree on the whole season five with Eric Kripke, because uh, it felt like a, a book ending. Like, everything yes. led into the next season, and it wasn't like, oh, we're going to kill off Big Bad this season, have a whole new Big Bad next season. Like, it kept building to a next Big Bad. And now it's just every season is a new big bad they have to face. And, well, it's not, and, it's like, and eventually it gets to where like they have to fight God. And it's like, well, that, yeah. that was a bad decision. <laughs> like, that's clearly off the rails. You know? <laughs> I mean, at least yeah. Eric Kripke's got the boys now. So, yeah. Yeah. And I like the boys. I like it quite a bit. So, yeah. I, um, yeah. Uh, what else? What else? We, what else we talk about? Do we want to talk about anything else? Uh, I'll talk about um, Reservation Dogs here. Okay. This uh, is a fantastic show on uh, FX. FX on Hulu, I believe. Um, it uh, just started its second season a few months ago. It's into like episode eight right now. Um, the cool thing about this show is that it has an all Native American cast. Um, it follows uh, four kids on the Oklahoma reservation. Um, that's the name of their uh, group, the Reservation Dogs. Um, you've got, uh, Bear, who's, uh, sort of the leader in a way, um, uh, his, uh, well, and then there's, uh, Alora Dannon, who is named after the character from Willow. 
Okay. Let's see. Uh, Solid. Cheese, who's sort of the, uh, you know, soft-spoken, humorous kind of character, says a lot of, like, uh, really deep things, almost like the the silent Bob in a a way, without being silent. Um, And then uh, Willie Jack, who's, uh, you know, sort of the uh, tomboy wildcard. Um, so you follow them and their community. There's um, a lot of aunties and uncles and sort of people related to each other. They have like a rival gang that they are um, rivaling with. Um, but the goal, the sort of main story of the first season, which aired last year, I believe, uh, was for them to all move out to California. Um, and then there's sort of a story um, that uh, goes into season two involving that. And uh then they sort of go into some some different issues. Like uh, you'll have some episodes that only features one character uh, out of the four. You know, uh, there was an episode where Cheese goes on a ride along with one of the uh, main. Yeah, I think he's the chief of police in their little town. Uh, big. Um, there's an episode with just Alora where she takes a driving test, and then uh, you know Bill Burr shows up for an episode to play her driving instructor, which is fun. Nice. Um, but in this new season, it's more, um, the aftermath of, um, oh, there's one thing I didn't mention either is they all sort of have the shared trauma of their friend, Daniel committing suicide. So Mm. that's a a main theme throughout the show and sort of, um, something they're dealing with, but this is a really charming show. It's, it's funny. It's, I just think the concept of an all native American cast and creator, I want to say maybe even crew. Um, is is really beautiful and uh, just giving some representation to that community. Um, it's a lot of fun, you know. It's it's got it's got some heart. It's got some good humor. It's it's a half hour comedy, you know. It's it's pretty light, pretty digestible. Um, so yeah, this second season's been really fun. Um, Mark Marin shows up in episode seven uh, when uh, Cheese gets uh, put in a, put in a boys' home. He's okay. Mark Marin is like the uh, the leader, the the group leader. right? Okay. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's really funny. Uh, I want to say those are the two most prominent guest stars. Um, there's also a running gag in, in the in the show where uh, Bear um, like has a ongoing spirit vision. So this uh, like old style Indian shows up that he is sort of um, visioning, uh, and just has a lot of funny banter with him and like. That's that's a fun little side gag, but um, yeah, yeah. If you're looking for something that's sort of meaningful and has a lot to say, but also um, is just kind of fun and light, uh, Reservation Dogs on FX, I'd recommend it. There you go. It's it's been on my queue for a while. I just need to get around to. It. Uh, speaking of getting around to stuff, do you guys have anything like what what is next for you, or uh, what is something that maybe you added to your queue recently? Uh, yeah, what's what after you're done watching what you're watching? What is the next thing going to be? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's I'm finally going to get around to the Moon Knight. I, I, I want to finish Westworld season four, but yeah, uh, the Netflix show The Sandman is probably my next one or Shorzy. So yeah. either horror or comedy. So yeah, both of those are going to be pretty high up on my list too. Yeah, very nice. The three I've kind of been circling around uh, to start next. Um, you mentioned the Rings of Power. I do want to start that. Um, the old man, uh, that Jeff Bridges show yep. on FX looks really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten around to that. And then another FX show, um, the patient I want to start, um, with, uh, yeah. Steve Carell and, uh, Donald Gleason. 
Yeah, this looks, one's for uh, sure. Looks on fascinating. Uh, I've seen yeah, trailers for that, and it looks interesting. Yeah, it looks awesome. Super. Any dramatic Steve Carell role, I'm there for. I'm He's, not any, but most. Any but Foxcatcher. <laughs> you can just mark yeah, that. Steve Carell fan because I, I don't like The Office, but uh, I, I think I, I like him in this. I like him in Crazy, uh, Crazy Stupid Love too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Absolutely. that's my sweet spot. Great, very movie. nice. Well, uh, I guess time for our TV hot takes before we move on. Then uh, I'll kick us off because I have one. I have one I feel very strongly about. Um, so I also watch America's Got Talent, uh, which the the finals was last week. So the season's over. Yes, I, I'm, I'm one of the saps that watches it, but I, I watch it on my DVR. So these two hour episodes I turn into like 40 minutes because um, I skip through all the stuff that I don't care about. Um, but I still really like the idea of the show, at least, you know. Um, so my uh, my hot take is that the golden buzzer means nothing. And the golden buzzer is this idea that's been along for the show forever that essentially if there's an audition that blows you away you can push the, each judge has a chance to push the golden buzzer once throughout the all the audition processes to send that act straight to the live shows so that's really meaningful thing when it first started but two things have happened since then number one when covid happened and they had a shortened season and they eliminated judge cuts so they went straight to the live shows so Essentially, your golden buzzer only stopped people from getting cut during the second round of auditions before the live shows, which is still something, but not ultimately like a lot, right? Because uh, honestly, the acts that they picked for the golden buzzer were likely going to make it through the judge cuts anyway. But they they did something else uh, recent. So anyway, so this year they also. Um, They've also just decided they're not doing the second round anymore, and they actually shortened up the season. Well, they didn't shorten up the season. They shortened up the uh, live shows to where there was one round of auditions and then one round of live shows and then the finals. That was it. So in total, people did three performances, and it was way, way, way too few rounds because by the time we got to the finals, I was like, these are not 10 of the best acts we've seen this season. This is bad. This is way worse than every other season. So the season was bad, um, not because of the talent, because of the structure. But the, the other thing that they did is last year, they introduced a golden buzzer that all the judges could collectively agree on. So now instead of four judges and the host each having a golden buzzer, there are now an additional golden buzzer that they can just be like, oh, we want to give another golden buzzer. So let's go ahead and do it. And they did it again this season. So it's just like, it seems silly because they keep on adding golden buzzers and it ultimately doesn't mean anything anymore because with this season, the golden buzzer went straight from auditions to the live shows anyway. And they always do the golden buzzer on the act that they love the most acts that clearly were going to go through with the judge deliberations. And if you don't care at all, you already checked out. I promise this is wrapping up. Here's my thing. The golden buzzer doesn't mean anything more anymore. Because these acts were never going to be the ones that get cut. If you want to make the golden buzzer mean something again, other than just a, a, a trigger word for a trending hashtag on on, uh, on YouTube or whatever, you need to make the golden buzzer mean an, an act that a particular judge believes in that they want to see go through the live through that everybody else isn't sold on. Like one of those acts that they're like, one or two people are going to say no to the act and it's not. it's likely not going to go forward. 
past judge cuts to the live show anyway. Like that's that's what needs to change because ultimately it just doesn't matter anymore. They need to make the golden buzzer just function entirely different because it, it it serves no purpose and it's super irritating. They also need to fire Howie because he's <laughs> okay. I'm done. I'm done talking about that rant that nobody cared about. Um, but uh, somebody else who's got a rant? Or sorry, um, not a rant. A, t- a TV hot take. It might get ranty, but okay. um, <laughs> mine did. So the uh, Emmys were just uh, last week, right? Yeah, last Monday. So I've heard. Um, a little show called Ted Lasso won for best comedy series. I love Ted Lasso, but I would contend that it should have been beaten by Barry season three. I mean, I know there's a, it's a stack category. There's a lot of, a lot of good shows that, that could have won. Ted Lasso is very good, but that season of Barry, like, okay, if we're awarding the best across the board, like everything included, I think Barry hits all the marks. Like it's the most beautifully shot the best written, the best acted out of all of those. And I'll say it again. I Let me make this very clear. I love Ted Lasso. It's a special show, but Barry is like season three, specifically if we're talking about that, this, you know, eligibility area, it was like the the best out of all of them for my money. See, I think Aaron has some thoughts. Yeah. You know, you're just talking about literally my two favorite shows on right now. So, um, like my two favorite non-canceled shows. <laughs> um, man, that's a tough call. And I'm so glad that I don't have to make it because I see the argument for both. So I, I respect your opinion, even though I still disagree. And, you know, I like, I'll say it one more time. I really liked this new season of Ted Lasso, but I, I felt like it took a slight drop from season one. Nope. Uh, moving on. Uh, <laughs> They were both perfect in their own right. Austin, do you have a hot take? Yeah. Uh, it, I couldn't have a while to figure out what I want to talk about, but it's a, a trailer commercial that I, I've been seeing on TikTok for the past week for a show that made me want to rant about this. There's a new show coming out on uh, Hulu that I want to check out called Reboot, which is basically taking a, a show from like the 80s or 90s, and they're saying, I want to make a dark and gritty reboot. Why are we still making dark and gritty reboots of anything? Like, I, I haven't seen the Fresh Prince one that they did recently, but I'm like, every new show that has any new ground that they break, it immediately gets canceled, especially if it's on Netflix. And I'm just like, I'm ready for new shows and not just rebooting old shows to make them more dark and gritty, even though I like dark and gritty shows. Because like Riverdale, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, like they have so many ones that have come out. And I, I just, I, I, I get the meta humor in this new show. Because I'm getting tired of all the, uh, you know, rebooting dark and gritty things. So that's my rant. Okay, I've, that's fair. Um, all yeah, right. that sh- that show does look pretty funny for what it's worth, though. Reboot. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't have as many issues with your hot take as I do Jacobs. So, but that's right. That's that's <laughs> why it's a hot take because you're supposed oh, to get yeah. me fired up. Very nice. Well, let's keep talking about TV, but in a different way. Let's talk about the uh, B-plot. So we will do the best ever challenge style on this. So if somebody has something higher rated than you, you will trump them. Uh, And uh, we will do some honorable mentions at the end. Um, We're talking about best ever TV theme songs. So we're talking just songs, not necessarily just songs. (laughs) Uh, Just songs, not not including the visual part of the opening title. Now, you can choose to qualify this however you would like. Um, I think... 
I, I think there's a mixture to me of how well it fits the show as well as the song in general on like, list, like how much I want to listen to it. Listenability. Is that a word? Anyway, it is now, uh, at least in this dojo. So I try to categorize it those certain ways. Um, it has to be fitting for the show and be an earworm. So with all that in mind, we will do the top five, five, number one, with a couple honorable mentions at the end. And, uh, Austin, why don't you kick us off? What do you got for number five? Uh, well, officially, my f- number five and number four are basically because uh, they're earworms They for instrumentals alone just get stuck in my head. And it's uh, Game of Thrones. Just the instrumental alone for both that and like Reigns of Castamere both get stuck in my head thinking about them. Not yeah. just all the like the big map thing, but just the their instrumental drums for that. I, I really like it. Sure. That's a good pick. Uh, honorable mention for me. So that shows you how prestigious this list is. <laughs> um, Jacob, what about you? Um, so I'll just uh, give a disclaimer real quick. My uh, criteria for mine was almost like specifically the earworm ability of it. Um, okay. I don't I don't know if this is a cheat, but two of these shows I've actually never seen. No, it's but not a cheat at all. I'll, I'll give I'll give a caveat too. Um, when I was in middle school, I was uh, at my public library as as one was. Uh, uh, likely to do in the mid 2000s looking for uh, DVDs and CDs and such. And um, I came across this double disc um, CD of like a hundred eighties, seventies, eighties and nineties TV theme songs. Like okay. the, the popular ones, the not so popular ones, they were yeah all on the CD and my little nerdy brain got so excited. So a couple of these on the list I discovered from that. Uh, my number five is perfect strangers. I don't think I recognize this one. Um, I don't either. I can sing some, <laughs> if you'd like, or I sure. won't sing. I, I won't. I won't subject anyone to that. But it's a it's a catchy <laughs> theme song. Um, yeah. If you if if you know, you know. I'll say that. All right. I'll YouTube it later. Perfect strangers. Perfect yes. strangers. Okay. Uh, again, for iconability and as well as earworm, as well as fits the show. For num- number five, I have the Adams Family. I think it's uh, nice. Perfect. Very nice. Okay. Number Iconic. four. Iconic. It's goaded for sure. <laughs> number four. Uh, same order. Austin, what you got? Uh, same reason. Like I said, on, for number five, same reason. The inter- instrumental drums. It's got to be Doctor Who. Uh, they've kept the same style of theme song throughout the entire show. They just updated a little bit each new season. And okay. it's just the iconic when you hear that. I don't know who if you've watched a lot of Doctor Who, but... Their theme song is just, is really good. I'll take your word on it. Same. <laughs> uh, so, then what's your number four, Jacob? Uh, this is the other one that I haven't seen, um, but this one I actually discovered from an episode of Seinfeld. Um, <laughs> once again, if you know, you know uh, the greatest American hero. I don't um, think I know. I feel like I would, but that's okay. So, in the epi- in the episode of Seinfeld, uh, George has this like answering machine. Um, because he's in the summer of George or whatever, and he's being super lazy and doesn't want to answer his phone. Um, and his goes, believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out or I'd pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. Oh, so okay. yeah. that's, that's his version of it. And, yeah. you know, once again, my little nerdy brain watching Seinfeld when I'm like 12 years old goes to look up like what that's based on and you know it's that same tune more related to the actual show but it's like there's a this is um a 70s show 
So it's from the era where like the theme song was released as a single. It was like yeah, yeah. a full fledged song, you know, like released by an yep. artist, which I think is cool. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a fun one. Another one you can uh, YouTube. I will certainly be. I, I know. I know what you're talking about. I recognize it. Not the Seinfeld one, but the, the right. actual one. The, yeah. For my, my number four, I have the Pacific. Uh, HBO's oh. Beta Brothers follow up. Uh, Hans Zimmer doing the score here. Uh, it's one of my favorite pieces of music ever composed. It's very fitting. One of the most fitting World War II pieces I've ever heard. I adore the show, and I really adore the music in the show, the Pacific. Um, yeah. For number three, then, what you got, Austin? Guys, I don't think we're going to uh, have any trunks, and that's remarkable. <laughs> this is probably not going to be on the list either, but I mentioned earlier, it was one of my favorite shows as a child. Um, it was so weird. It was Disney's and HBC family's answer for X-Files for, like, preteens and kids. Okay. And, like, their opening theme, the lyrics were, like, um, demons come from every side, in the darkness is the light. Out of the shadows comes my life, in the darkness is the light, which sets up, like, you know, it being a supernatural ghost show. And it's just for, and the whole point of them is they're going around the country touring with her mom and she's a musician and she sings the opening song. So it's really dark and really sets you up for what's coming for this show. Okay. Another one I'm going to have to YouTube after this. Very nice. Uh, Jacob, you're number three. Okay. Number three might be a little more well-known. This actually is a show that I know and love. Um, Firefly has an amazing theme song. Yeah. Oh, you changed this up from what you wrote in your. I did. I did. I wanted. I just kind of thought of it off the top of the head and uh, switched Mm -hmm. it out from my original number three. But um, yeah, that's that's a jam right there. Uh, A firefly almost made my honorable mentions, but then I realized if I wrote everything for my honorable mentions, that nothing would actually be an honorable mention. So it was one of those that didn't make the cut. But yes, much respect to that. It's in my head right now. (laughs) You can't take this guy from me. Well, uh, I'll, I'll take out that earworm and I'll put another earworm because this, again, another goaded song, another goaded TV theme song has to be Cheers. Cheers has one of the best of all time. That's my number two. Oh, all right. Trumped me. There you go. Um, interesting. Oh, shoot. I didn't even see it there. All right. Let's look at we do have a trump there. Okay. Uh, well, I said all I need to say, um, which would have gone to your number two anyway, Austin. Uh, yeah. Number two for you. Yeah. I haven't watched all of Cheers, but I, I watching it on t- uh, Nick at Night and T and uh, TV Land. I just that's a song that you know everybody knows your name. It's everyone has to know that song. Mm-hmm. And it fits the tone of the show. It fits you know most of it takes place at a bar and like a like it's it's in Boston, but it's like you know like regulars coming in and it's not anywhere near as busy as any bar in Boston is. You know, uh, yeah, it's it perfectly captures the vibe in the setting. Yeah, nice. Uh, your number two, Jacob. Uh, this is where I had different strokes. Yeah. Uh, another one uh, that I feel is iconic. Um, I found it on the uh, you know the theme song CD back in the day, and then actually went and watched some of the show. But um, yeah, it's really catchy. You know, I think it matches what the show is going for as well. It mm-hmm. sort of sets up the theme of the show and in, in in the lyrics. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's a good one. Very nice. For my number two, um, mo- when, when Netflix comes out with a Netflix original show and you refuse to push the skip intro button, that means something. So what I have 
a show that I have literally never pushed the skip intro button on is Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, that's a good one. It They're is. live, damn it. <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> it's, a, it's a perfect theme song for whatever that show is doing. And it gives you all the context you need to know, like for the setup of the show. Like the, sh- the show doesn't really do much setup. It's very little, but like kind of shows you what's going on. And it's it's an auto-tune rem- remix by Shmoyo. Which, uh, if you if you don't know Shmoyo, you do because they did the Bed Intruder song, and they did the Charlie Sheen winning song, and they did the 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 Oh My Damn song from the Five Guys Burger Review mashup, and most recently they did the Chrissy Wake Up TikTok viral trend and the It's Corn Kid song. Um, so you definitely know Shmoyo, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, also in their res- resume. Wow, okay, that's awesome. Perfection, Chef's Kiss, love them. Uh, very, very fitting. Perfect. The theme song is by far the best thing about that show, but that show is great. So, uh, oh, yeah. very nice. That leads us to our number ones. Uh, same order. Austin, what you got? Uh, I'm surprised you hadn't mentioned this one yet, Aaron, uh, but Scrubs. Man, again, honorable mentions for me. I think it's so good. It's so fitting. Scrubs is my favorite 30 minute show of all time, but it, man, like, I feel like this, this list is so hard. <laughs> To crack. So, yes, very high honorable mentions for me. Talk about it. Why is it your number one? Uh, well, I, I like this. I, I, I bought the soundtrack for the first, like, three or four seasons. They had, oh. like, a soundtrack for it. So I've listened to the whole song. And just the chorus, is, it sets up that show perfectly. I'm no Superman. It's just uh, sets up everything about that show. But the history behind how they chose it is, too. Because I, I listened to the podcast, um, Donald and Zach's podcast. And Krista Miller, who plays Jordan, also worked on their music for that show, which has incredible mm-hmm. music. Yep. And not only with that song, but with Winter for season three, Zach brought mm-hmm. both of those to her and said, you know, I think uh, Superman by Lazo Blaine would be perfect for our theme song. And it's just, it's iconic. Like, Yeah, it's, it's terrific. And do you prefer the original version? Or do you prefer the slowed down version that you adopt in later seasons? Uh, I could, I like the original. Yeah, me too. It's better. It fits better. Yeah. Uh, very nice. Yep. Again, super high honorable mentions for me. Uh, Jacob, what do you think is the best TV show theme song of all time? Peacemaker. Okay. <laughs> this That's is, so catchy, man. I uh, Man, I keep on hearing things about it, and I've managed to avoid spoilers, but I haven't gotten around to the show yet. Oh, so. really? <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know how I've managed to avoid spoilers. This, I, I know that the... That it has like a kind of '80s retro Gene Simmons kind of vibe to it, but that's that's all I know. So yeah, the um, I wouldn't. Um, you, are you thinking of Richard Simmons? Maybe yes, Richard Simmons. My bad. Yeah, they're all in Kiss makeup. They've got guitars. That's great. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, the theme song is a full-on dance number set to um, "Do You Really Want to Taste It," um, which is a fantastic song by, uh, I want to say, I forget what country they're from. It's a European band. Um, and they got a huge profile after um, the show. But it matches um, the tone of the show perfectly. It's so quirky and like irreverent off the wall. Um, and the, um, the the sequence shows at almost all, all the characters you see in the show, like even really minor characters. Like there's got to be 40 to 50 different people in this dance number. Uh, and it's a good two minutes, eh, maybe a minute 30. It's a long, lot longer than a lot of other 
you know, theme songs. But once you hear it, it will be in your head for weeks. Okay. And it's, uh, it just blew me away. Like first time I saw it. And it's one you're not going to want to skip because they they even put little details in there that you might miss the first time you see it, um, in the theme song and in like the dance routine. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a really fun one. Yeah, I very much want to get around to Peacemaker, but I very much want to get around to like 80 different shows. There's too much. Um, too much TV. Yeah, I know. I know. There's too much TV out there. I think the best theme, TV theme show of all time, I do think it was perfected later by other iterations of this, but I think the best TV theme song of all time is Mission Impossible. It's uh, really hard to deny that. Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, again, I think it's perfected later with the movies. I want to say specifically like the third or fourth movie. Um, like really, I think are, are the standouts. Um, but ultimately it all starts with TV series and there's a reason they keep it for the movie. It's perfect. Uh, yeah. So, and I haven't seen a single episode of the show, but there is just no (laughs) denying how good that TV show, that TV theme song is Uh, a couple honorable mentions. Uh, I'll kick us off with a couple. Um, I really love the Westworld theme. Um, love that one. I think it's always sunny in Philadelphia is goaded. Uh, same with curb your enthusiasm. Um, and I'll just mention two more, even though I definitely have others that I wrote down, but the other ones I really want to get down there are Scooby-Doo and the fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, I think any of those could qualify oh, yeah. on this list easily. So nice. Uh, what are some that you guys have that I haven't mentioned? Um, I put friends down. I mean, I'm not a, yep huge fan of the show but um it's funny too i'm actually staying at my sister's house right now and she's got a friends themed guest room so nice as you can see um, yeah no friends great example yep uh yeah full house i put down you know that's one yep. a show i grew up with and mm-hmm. uh i always enjoyed on that one peep show i don't know if you guys have heard of uh that it's a, a british comedy um but they I've actually heard of it. Use, I haven't seen it. great show they actually use um flagpole sitter as their theme song. Um, okay. Uh, if you know that song. I'm not sick, but I'm not well. And I'm oh, so yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Because I'm in yeah. hell. Um, which is really cool. Uh, Ted Lasso I put down. I, that's a jam. I like their theme song a lot. Uh, especially because yeah, it has uh, yeah, a little Mumford on there. I don't like um, Mumford and Sons, though. but Oh, really? I do like that theme song. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's nice. Um, I, I put down Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul. You know, I think... Even the, you know, their 10 second clips or whatever. Um, like, I feel like the Breaking Bad theme song, it really gets like that gritty, sort of like dirty feeling that the show has. And sure. then Better Call Saul has like the slick, sort of smooth guitar lick to um, almost epitomize like who Saul is as a person um, and sort of okay. just like fit the theme of the show. That's um, one I've always enjoyed. Uh, Succession has a fantastic theme song. I okay. just barely missed my list. Um, I like that one a lot. Um, and this probably doesn't count, but it's a fun opportunity to give this uh, a shout out. Um, Too Many Cooks, which is technically <laughs> not a TV show. Um, but once again, if you know, you know. Sure. Austin, a couple more? Uh, well, I put down Friends in Full House as well. I grew up watching both of those. Um, also, one of my grew up shows was Roseanne, but specifically their season nine one, when they added words to the song, I really like that, like old timey, like little tune that they have, uh, more kid shows was power Rangers lost in space and or not lost in space, but in space and lost galaxy. They had both two rock, <clears throat> two different rock songs that like 
or different from than just the Go Go Power Rangers song from the previous two seasons. And then finally, the one I added was uh, the uh, review of the season clip part for the last episode of Supernatural, where they do it over the song for Carry Carry On My Wayward Son. I think that sets up the whole show. That kind of counts, yeah. Because they do it like once a season, yeah. Or twice. I think season premieres and finales, yeah. That kind of counts. Um, all right, well, that'll that'll do it. Now, I, I'm going to go ahead and throw in three more honorable mentions because we can't not mention them. Otherwise, um, I will hate myself forever. Uh, we got I got to mention The Wire. I think The Wire has a really great, especially how each season, like they, it's the same lyrics, but they change the style of it. Should have been uh, on the list. Yeah, totally I, I think about it. like just kind of fits the tone every time. Um, it's great. Um, I wish more shows did stuff like that. Um, I can't, can't not mention The Simpsons. And I uh, can't not mention thank you for being a friend for the Golden Ah, uh, Yes, yes. Yeah, very fitting. Um, so just a me- quick mentions and honorable mentions. Obviously, there's a million TV shows that have been out there, so we have to mention a few. Are we ha- we're going to have a lot that left off, but my heart just couldn't not let The Wire, The Simpsons, and The Golden Girls mm. remain off the list. So, uh, yes. yeah, that'll do it, which just leaves us with this spinoff. Austin, let's start with you. Uh, actually, you start with the BEC. So, Jake, why don't we start with you? What is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you're wanting to tell everybody to check out or to stay away from? Uh, okay, mine's a little bit different this week. Um, I haven't been watching a whole lot of movies right now, and I mentioned some of the TV um, I'm, I've been watching. But um, there's a YouTube channel that I discovered a couple months ago that I've really been enjoying called um, Disney Dan. Um, so this uh, is sort of like... What he does on his channel, a lot of it is um, like evolutions of different costume characters because he's really interested in like theme park history and sort of costume design. He's got a, the- a background in theater. Um, and I find this guy so funny because he he just brings so much joy and positivity to his content and finds ways to laugh about anything and everything. And while also giving you a lot of interesting history of um, how costume characters were portrayed um, in their first iterations and how they've changed over the years. Um, like his most recent video, he did a evolution of Simpsons character costumes. So like in the live shows, their uh, costumes in universal parks, things like that. Um, so I, I find that really fascinating and uh, entertaining, but he also um, does videos reacting to um different uh, older like Disney parades, um, international parades and in, in different theme parks. Um, there was a, uh, a show at, at Disney World recently called Kite Tales that was a complete disaster that he uh, made a video about that was so funny because he just reacts to like all these things going wrong and something about him makes me laugh so much. There's a lot of humor in the editing too because um, they'll... Um, He'll go on these tiny rants and they'll just like divert from the actual content of the episode for him to rant about something he's he's come upon for thirty seconds. They indulge him in that and they move on and and sort of like uh, some of the little blurbs and uh, stuff they'll put on the screen. That's sort of like an editor's note. Um, but uh, yeah, it's he's got a lot of videos. I haven't finished all of them, um, but he does everything from like. Uh, different characters in, in the Disney parks. Obviously he's mostly focused on Disney with his name. Um, but even like the evolution of the Mario costume, uh, Garfield, 
Um, lots of lots of different stuff. So if you're looking for something different, if you're a theme park nerd like me who likes uh, the history of that kind of stuff, uh, Disney Dan on YouTube. It's a fun nice. time. Well, uh, Austin, what's that one thing you want to tell people about? Well, I was debating on which one I really wanted to because uh, I saw Pearl last night, but I figure a lot of people are going to be talking about uh, Ty West movies for a little bit right now. Uh, <laughs> With finding out he's just getting a, a, a sequel for now three for this uh, franchise within what a year, but uh, I saw Barbarian two weekends ago, and I don't I don't think anyone has really talked about it. Uh, I got to review it for the site, so that's up. Um, what brought me to this movie was I saw one trailer before the Black Phone, mm-hmm. and then completely I, I was invested because Bill Skarsgård's in it. He's in the main trailer, and I was like. Okay, he looks like he's bringing more of his Pennywise out, but without all the makeup. Yeah. And then I never saw anything else more about it. Then it popped up on the list, and I was like, okay, I want to see it. And forgot everything what it was about. The trailer sets up the story as two people grow in an Airbnb, um, but they're, they don't know each other's there. Um, Bill's character showed up already, and then uh, Georgia... Campbell's character comes in as the main character and they realize that they both rented the same beer Airbnb by accident, but they kind of decide, Hey, we're going to just sleep there the night cause it's raining and it's kind of a rough neighborhood. Let's figure out everything in the morning. And then they come back and realize that there's some creepy stuff going on in the house. Um, Justin Long's in it as the owner and he's a character who you really, really want to see his end for the movie at the end of the movie. He's a very, very bad character. He plays him really well. And uh, this just was not something I was expecting because it set up as Bill being a creepy person, kind of luring people to his house, and it it was not that. And the bigger thing, which makes it weird, it makes it interesting, is it's directed and written by Zach Kreger or Krieger. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it's the mm-hmm. other guy from the Whitest Kid You Know, mm-hmm. Trevor Moore, and him. Hmm. And it's, this is the second like sketch comedy uh, person who broke out into a really good horror movie. Um, so if you haven't seen it, I recommend it. It I gave it a 7 out of 10. It's really good. And you can check out Austin's full review on simpop.com if you're interested. Uh, yeah, so I guess that just leaves me. I don't really have anything. Um, here's, here's what I will say. I saw and really, really, really enjoyed See How They Run this weekend. But... By the time this episode launches, there will already be a mini review of that in the, in the show. So um, if you're curious, you didn't want to listen to the full thing, just know I really, really, really like to see how they run. Um, and I would recommend you go see it as well. So I guess I'm just going to double down on the podcast feed. And that's okay. Well, uh, that'll do it. Remember that you can follow Jacob and Austin on Twitter. I will have their handles linked in the uh, episode description. Or not linked, but just displayed in the episode description. So in case you want to check them out. Uh, just copy and paste that in your Twitter search bar. Uh, I'll also, uh, you can follow me on uh, Twitter or Letterboxd at Schweitcastle. And quick reminder, the Sip Pop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. And if you want to write for SipPop.com or if you want to send us some feedback for the podcast or send us any question you want us to explore during the B-plot, then you can do that at writersroom at SipPop.com. Send an email there. And then uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, would really appreciate a review. So check that out. Uh, uh, five-star reviews, please, uh, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, next week, Robert and I and Foster will talk about Harakiri for our episode. 
And then uh, next month, I will have Nick and Jonathan on to talk about TV. I'm really hoping uh, to get to Rings of Power by then. Uh, House of Dragon will be um, mostly over by then. Um, and I think Cassie and Andor will have started by then. Maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, uh, either way, just some things to be on the lookout about. So uh, next week, Robert and Foster talking about Howard Kiri. Next month, Nick and Jonathan talking about TV. Thanks guys for hanging out. I really appreciate it. Um, taking your time, especially Jacob on vacation. Really appreciate it. Um, no problem. Not to show, not to play favoritism, Austin, but <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, really appreciate you guys hanging out. Um, I had a good time and, uh, we'll make sure we have to do it again sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yes. Very nice. Well, we will see you next time you're on the show. We'll see you, listener, next week uh, with Harakiri.